Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Yes, and we are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. We have been chosen by the Sci-Fi Godfathers to go forth and watch straight-to-stream science fiction media, or in this case, science fiction-adjacent media, whether that's movies, TV shows, whatever, whatever, whatever. They made us an offer we can't refuse. They, uh... <laughs> And then make bad jokes that somehow don't get edited out. <laughs> oh, no. Did I sound like Brando at all in that? I, yes. It's spitting, like, I thought maybe you got him to come over and record that for you. <laughs> He's dead. I brought him back to life. Yeah. Well, as, as is a theme with this movie, you brought him back to life and then... Made him say that stupid line. That was your. That was his payment. Now he's back yeah. with his loved ones. Good for them. Good for them. How are you, Chris? I'm doing just fine, man. I can tell. Yourself? I can tell you're doing just fine. Oh my gosh! All right, what, <laughs> what did we watch this week? I'm skipping the small talk. Uh, fair enough. We watched the third installment of the Mythica series. Mythica: The Necromancer came out on December 11th, 2015. Just go ahead and uh, read the first little line here from Wikipedia. Mythica the Necromancer is the third installment of the Aerostorm Entertainment Fantasy series Mythica, following Mythica A Quest for Heroes and Mythica The Dark Spore, directed by A. Todd Smith. Not just any Todd Smith. Yeah, A. Written by Jason Fowler, Liska Ostajik, I guess, and Justin Partridge, starring Kevin Sorbo. Man, they just... Yeah. Starring, huh? Uh, and Melanie Stone. I'm not going to read the rest of it. No, you said the first line. So there you go. So this is our this is the third Mythica movie. We yeah. did episodes for A Quest for Heroes and The Dark Spore. Episodes number three and 25, I believe. No, yeah. somewhere. I don't know. I'll look it up later. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> episodes two, because I can't remember <laughs> anything. And episode uh, 33, Mythica mm, 1 and 2. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of a range there. We waited way too long before doing this third one, for sure. I have the Amazon Prime blurb. And I have the IMDb blurb. You, you, go, you go first. Merrick and her team of misfit adventurers hunt down the third piece of the Dark Spore and come face to face with their nemesis, the evil necromancer Zorlock. All right. Uh, IMDb says Malister takes Thane prisoner and forces Merrick and her team on a quest, which is <laughs> accurate. Much yeah. more, I think, more accurate. Like it doesn't give away like that. Dark Spore doesn't really show up until the you know the finale, like the third act. You know, they kind of yeah. stumble upon it. This so, is unrelated, you know, to our review. Most of what we say is unrelated to our review. Yes, Mythica one and three are on YouTube. You can oh, watch okay. them for free. Oh, did I know that? I watched it on Amazon Prime, just like I did the others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we started doing this thing most recently where we watched the trailer for the movie after we watched it. And as I was watching the trailer, I, my eyes wandered over to the right to related media and I saw Quest for Heroes and the Necromancer. So not a great, like, not a great trailer then. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I did not watch the trailer. Yeah. I, I didn't need to. <laughs> Fair enough. So this has got a new director, A. Todd Smith. Uh, the two previous ones were directed by Anne K. Black or Anne Black. And the next two in this five movie series are directed by John Lyde. Hmm. They are all written by Jason Fowler, or at least partially written by Jason Fowler. So there's some, some of that continuity. But yeah, we, so we get A. Todd here for one movie and then 
move on to a different director for the last two. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk about, I'd like to talk about and compare this movie to the previous two in every way possible. Okay. Starting first and foremost with our actors. We get a few new characters, only two that get any sub- substantial amount of screen time. So this is mostly a, a repeat, mostly recurring characters and actors in this film. Did anyone stand out to you? Good, bad, otherwise? I really, really, really fell in love with Batella, portrayed by a Mr. Philip Brody, whose wife may be, uh, maybe sister, cousin, whatever. <laughs> sure. Evie Brody, played by Yulia. Or, I'm sorry, Yulia, played by Evie Brody. Oh, interesting. No, I was all in on Batella. Yeah, Betty was a pretty good character. I liked his, I like uh, him quite you a know, bit. The fact that his hood never leaves the top of his head, whatever. Even death you know. <laughs> doesn't reveal his forehead. Yeah, no joke. No, I thought he was great. He's been married to Evie Brody since September 8th, 2011. There you go. Oh, excellent. So in terms of this dude's performance, I think he easily stole every single scene that he was in. There's a battle scene, spoilers, <laughs> where he is walking around looking for somebody and he just dominates the frame. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I thought I thought he was the best part of this movie, character-wise. Yeah, they really only got away with making his character so... Just have such a powerful presence and have such a dominating feel on the screen in every scene he's in because he's an evil character. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know, going Starting off with a, oh, this will be another Cole situation. He'll end up joining them or something. Like, we had a few characters in the last movie who were bad and the not, you know, at the end. But about in that scene that you're talking about where he's going through the battlefield, I was like, oh... Uh, he's killing soldiers on both sides. He's torturing whoever he can <laughs> to get this done. Uh, he is not about to be redeemed. There is no way that they're teaming up with him long term. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's uh, really interesting. Then he got Boromir at the end. but <laughs> It's interesting that he is so evil. Merrick, in fact, calls him vile multiple times in the same scene. Maybe once she uses that word, maybe one too many times. Yeah, yeah, that's poor writing. Or just poor editing as they were doing different shots and just threw them all together. But yeah. Yeah. He has an interesting moment with Tila. He has these beetles that um, he has apparently trained or whatever that they follow his command. And he's playing with them, you know, as lack of a better word. She asks him all these questions about it. And every other instance in this movie, he's kind of a jerk to everybody. He's a jerk at the beginning when we meet him. He's a jerk when, you know, we first set off on the adventure with him. He's a jerk when he's going around killing soldiers on both sides of a conflict. And he's a jerk when they meet Yulia. But when he's sitting down hanging out with Tila with these little beetles, it's like a weird, I don't want to say it was a redeeming moment, but like this guy is like evil because his profession. It was a bit of a humanizing moment. He's evil for sure, but he's not evil all the time. And it was really strange. I was like, eh. That was out of place. I liked it. <laughs> it was a little out of place. A little. I, mean, I, I felt like because Tila asked about the Beatles. She wasn't directing anything towards him and yeah. his person. He was asking about the thing that he loves. And I think that made him open up a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, they, they could have easily just made him go, shut up. Yeah. You don't need to know. Yeah. Whatever. But... <laughs> sure. Whatever it be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. How about you? No, loved Betty for sure. I thought that everyone did a pretty good job. I mean, Adam Johnson as Thane gets sidelined for 90% of the movie. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but it didn't take anything away from any of the scenes. Um, I know he's been a decent amount of comic relief in the previous ones, but 
that kind of leads to my next point. I think that there was less comic relief in this particular movie than in the last yeah. couple. Less one-liners, if you will. I thought that Matthew Mercer finally getting a decent amount of screen time as as uh, our our main villain, Zorlock. He Zorlock. really, yeah, Zorlock. He really got the whole stare menacingly at the camera from beneath this hood look down pat like he's got it he's nailed that look no one can take that away from him fair enough so that was cool to finally see dagan gets a little bit more depth tila gets more depth merrick actually kind of grows up a little bit i thought everyone had great character progression and i thought the actors did a great job portraying that progression throughout the film except for thane but like i said thane's not really there for most of the movie so it's difficult to difficult to say i mean he does Crush a dude's skull. Yeah, but he he would have done that for less. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not. He didn't even go. T- he didn't even go ten leagues. Man. No, he didn't have to. <laughs> he didn't have to go ten leagues to bloody his sword. He did it right there. Yeah, no, that sure, but that's not character growth. I'm no, not saying yeah. he had bad scenes. But I'm saying Adam Johnson did a horrible job. I'm just saying that for the plot, he wasn't there. He's kind of hamstrung. Yeah, you know. <laughs> a little. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure. I mean, he's going to be in the sequel the way this was set up. So. And maybe we should have talked about, before we talked about the actors, I should have asked about the facts, some of the rating Mm. and whatnot. This movie has a 5.5 out of 10 star rating on IMDb with just over 2,000 reviews at a median score of six. Uh, Were you able to get any ratings off of Rotten Tomatoes or? Rotten Tomatoes has no critical ratings, but a 45% audience score, a noticeable dip. No. Let's see, comparing that to the previous two movies, Mythica Quest for Heroes has 5.8 stars out of 4,700 reviews, a median score of 7. And Dark Spore is sitting also at a 5.5 with thirty, just about 3,600 reviews, a median score of 6. Mm. So definitely a little bit of a dip. Do you agree with that dip? How did you feel about this movie as a movie? How did you feel about it compared to the previous Mythica movie entries? I think it's the third best that we've seen. Really? I think in descending order. I think Quest for Heroes was the best in terms of just overall movie. Obviously, the the uh, the acting, character development, and effects got better as they continued to make these movies. The Dark Spore, probably the second best, and this is probably the third best. Okay. I, I, I don't know if we ever def- definitively figured out when these two movies were made. The Dark Spore... And the Necromancer, because they both came out in 2015. I don't believe they were filmed back to back. From my little bit of research, I do think there was a break. Yeah. I know that the last two sure. movies were filmed back to back, basically okay. all at one time. It's just, there's a like, obviously there's a lot of overlapping plot because it's in a series. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm not sure how fast these movies, like what the timeline is on these movies. I, obviously the first one and the second one take place within a week because it is in fact stated Tila's in her morning, a week of mourning or whatever. They're very much back to back, the first two. There's a bit of a, it feels like there's a bit of a gap between the second and the third one. Yeah, not sure what that is, but no, I just, I don't know why. I just, I just don't think it was as good as the other two. Okay. At least not as good as the first one. Like I said, everything's better. The acting is better. The effects are better. The weird bullet time action cam thing that they started doing with this series. I'm not upset about it. No. I was going to ask about that specifically. <laughs> uh, especially when they're fighting creatures called gooches. Uh- <laughs> well, I think that was a derogatory term for 
uh, <laughs> soldiers in an enemy army, but no, okay, yeah. wasn't no, not? no. They they were like creatures called gooches. Oh, like I don't he know says, because Gojin Pai, uh, played by one Kevin Sorbo, calls him out because Merica runs up on him and she's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "They're mm. gooches." <laughs> no, it looked like, like just zombies, but sure. Yeah, no, that's okay. well, that's what they were. They just yeah, called yeah, them yeah. gooches. Maybe it's a lack of thane. Maybe I didn't have enough thane in my life. Oh, for you this think one. so? Uh, Honestly, no. I, I was a little fine with not having Adam Johnson in my face after watching Cyborg X a few weeks ago. <laughs> I, I guess I know that's kind of a kind of a crappy thing to say, but I hated his character so much in Cyborg X that I was okay with not seeing him here. <laughs> Nothing against him as an actor. He that's played funny. an unlikable character and I didn't like him. So <laughs> so there's two more after this. Yeah. Mythica the Iron Crown and Mythica the Godslayer. I'm interested on where the story goes. Yeah. So we can do a bit of a mini plot breakdown for... Oh, well, before we do our mini plot breakdown, let me say okay. that I disagree. Okay. I found The Necromancer to be a better film than The Dark Spore. I, en- I, I enjoyed it a lot more. I thought that the acting was much better. One of my main complaints with The Dark Spore is I felt like only Merrick got character growth, and I liked that it was spread out. While Merrick's obviously still our principal character and the center of our story, I felt like everyone had room to grow and everyone kind of progressed. And maybe that's because they got, they pulled Thane aside and let everyone else have something to do. Okay. So I I really enjoyed that. There was no, except for maybe the zombie scene that we've already kind of talked about where uh, the zombies are coming from through a portal and Hercules and Merrick are are fighting them off with their magic (laughs) powers. There's a little bit of standing around syndrome in that scene, but they're also obviously mindless zombies, so it it worked, right? They're slow and, sh- and shambling, that type of thing. So I thought the fight choreography was great. The slow-mo, turn-the-camera-around thing, maybe a little bit overdone, but I, I it was nice. Like, first scene where that happened, I was like, oh, this is different. This is a little, this has got a different pace, a different feel to it. The action felt a lot more visceral. I mean, you could tell they put a lot more effort into the choreography. The scene you mentioned with Betty... Uh, walking through the battlefield, you know, he just he picks up an arrow off the ground and stabs somebody with it. Near the end, Dagon gets shot with an arrow, which he pulls out and uses as a weapon uh, of last resort. So there's it's just a lot more. I got visceral, like in your face with the violence as far as or a lot more, I guess, less fantastic, less campy. Is that as less campy as it can be being <laughs> what it is? Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that. You convinced me. It's a better movie than The Dark Spore. That's fair. Oh man, man, it's, you're so you're so you're so hard to con- <laughs> to convince of anything. Man, you got to stick to your sorry. principles sometime, Chris. Jeez, S- sorry, man. That's what you do as an adult. Is- <laughs> <laughs> now you're an adult. Oh no, yeah, you, you have an you have an opinion. Someone yeah. comes along and presents evidence that challenges that opinion. Sure, and then you grow. <laughs> I will say, as much as I liked Betty, and I loved. Philip Brody's acting. I think that Cole is a better character, mostly because all of the other, like all of the characters in this movie do get all of our main good guys do react to Philip Brody's character, but it's a very static reaction. While while Cole maybe gave everyone a little bit more, there was more doubt on his character. Yeah, it's much more ambiguous. So it's a little, it was a little different. So that's kind of a toss up. I am by no, in no way saying that I I disliked the Dark Spore. I thought it was a, a pretty good sequel. Final thing I'll say is that I like that Merrick didn't regress. At the end, she could have turned evil, and I would have thought, yep, that makes sense. You know, we got two more movies. This is what this is going to be about. 
and she didn't. She grew not only in her magic ability and her necromancy or whatever, but also as a person. Like she understood more of what's going on. It, it would be it would have been really easy to fall on that whiny Anakin Skywalker type <laughs> hero persona. Yeah. Or Luke Skywalker, sorry. Or Ray Skywalker. <laughs> or uh How dare you? <laughs> She's not one of them. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I know how to upset all of our fan base. <laughs> With a single sentence. No. So it would have been really easy to fall into that kind of woe is me, but I want this type thing and she didn't. She's definitely an adult, if that makes sense. So Yeah, no, I can see that. I don't remember where you were going before I disagree with you and gave my initial opinions, but Oh, I was just gonna say we can do like a, a a little bit of a minor plot breakdown. The reason why Thane gets taken prisoner, if you've only read the IMDb blurb, is Perius Perigus? Pergris? I don't know. Malister. Malister? Perigus Malister mm-hmm. is in charge of the Thieves Guild. Apparently, he is the guy who Merrick cut his face at the beginning of a quest for heroes yes which is interesting because he doesn't have a scar on his face in this movie but whatever yeah. continuity here we got a continuity here in the second movie he purchases merrick's slave contract from Hor- the big tooth man and uh man. he is forced at knife point to sell her to them so they can free him or free her excuse me and apparently this has caused such a stain on his standing as a member of the Thieves Guild that it has cost him 20,000 silver pieces, I think is what he said. Gold pieces, I think, actually. But money. Lots of money. Yeah, whatever. I thought he said silver, but I could be sure, wrong. Sure, I could be wrong, too. So that being said, he decides that his grand plan is he's going to invade their campsite. Mm-hmm. He's going to kidnap Thane. Who is a wanted man, right? He was convicted yes. in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he beat him up. Right. So he, he knows that Thane's a wanted man. And he uses that to his advantage because he even says, or I'm sorry, Dagan says when they're trying to come up with a plan to rescue him, even if we went to the battalion authorities, they would just condemn him to death. They would just go in there and kill him. So they can't, they have to negotiate. So brilliant plan. Absolute yeah. brilliant yeah. plan. He, like, he finally... He's not had bad ideas as a villain in the last couple of movies. He's definitely underestimated our heroes until yeah. this movie. And he pulls out a pretty good plan. So he needs them to go find his Elystrium deposit or uh, delivery or whatever, which is apparently some weird fungus. Or that's what that's what Merrick calls it. She calls it a fungus. I don't know what it is, but we don't know. We don't even know what it does. I think it has some sort of power. It reacts to heat and fire. Somebody tastes yeah. it to be to find out how potent it is at some point. So it, yeah, it's mm. hard to say. That's pure Elystrium. Maybe just a rock with magical properties. It's sure. the MacGuffin. Yeah. So he sends Batella with them to go find a gentleman called the Eel, which kickstarts our adventure, which the beginning of the movie actually involved the Eel hanging out with his Elystrium deposit. That's our jumping point. And that's where everything happens. There's also some training sequences with Gojin Pai. I did like Merrick getting a staff. Yeah, you know? it looks cool. I like the effects. If you're going to be a wizard, you need to have some sort of implement. Famously in the Harry Potter movies, there's it's wands. You know, sometimes it's a spell book. Usually it, when you yeah. think of the name or you think of the word wizard, usually it conjures up someone like Gandalf, who really isn't even yeah. a wizard. 
Uh, Kai, you know, more or less. Or like, or Merlin with his magic wand or yeah. staff. Well, so yeah. I was going to say like a, an old, older man, usually with a big beard, long robes, and they have a book and a staff. It's interesting that they kind of got went against type because even uh, Zorlock, also a wizard, yes, has like a like a, a mace or some mm-hmm. kind of scepter that contains other pieces of the dark spore. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty neat. I did like the effects, the arrow spell where Gojinpai is he is uh, injured, I guess in his midsection, and he draws a circle with something and then like squeezes his blood into the circle, whispers his little incantation, and then all of these gooches are killed by a bunch of arrows, that magical arrows that appear out of nowhere and gun them down. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty neat effect. Yeah, the fact that they didn't use that spell again was kind of strange, but whatever. Well, he said he he didn't have the implement for it. If I ever find more crushed black pearl or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, so they go and they track down the shipment, or the guy who had the shipment, squirrely little dude named the eel, or nicknamed the, the eel. The eel. Yeah. Which is a decent nickname, right? Because you think, because it's just another, oh, he's called Snake, you know, but he, but it's, or some sort of other slippery thing, but an eel, slippery, like, yeah. I, I like it. Because they hide under underground, right? And they're, or I say underground, underwater, underground, don't they? Sure. That's a pretty cool nickname. <laughs> no, eels, right? Eels stick out of holes in the ground, underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. no, I, yeah, that's why I said sure. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> sure, sure, Anthony, just. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, Waffle. All I, right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on I'm I'm on the train. I'm 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 here. I'm in a I'm in a cart in the back. Look, I'm picking up what you're cooking, all right? Let's go. The finale, they're at the mine. Merrick discovers, along with the eel, that this piece of the dark spore is the source of all the celestrium. And she's like, No dog, that's mine. I'm getting out of here. She gets sucker punched with a torch. Uh she should have <laughs> which she should have seen coming. A million miles away. It was like, hey, that guy's yeah. about to hit you. For yeah, why would you turn your back scene to a criminal? <laughs> uh, who knows? And Fair then enough. she gets chased by cave demons. So we get a new creature. That was cool. How did you feel about the cave demons? In the credits, there's a James C. Morris who is credited as Rawhead. You think that's... Don't know. I think so. I'm Ooh. not 100% sure because I didn't... I didn't see him in anything else. Like, uh, or I, I never saw a character named Rawhead. Unless I'm just absolutely wrong, but he's also in Mythica Quest for Heroes and Mythica the Dark Spore, so I don't know who Rawhead is. Is Rawhead not uh, the orc that works in Hammerhead's bar? I don't know. I don't know either. I just kind of yeah. made that up. I don't, regardless. Yeah, who knows? But he could be doing other backgrounds, extra stuff, yeah. or, you know, in a yeah. costume, the, whatever. The cave demons. Yeah, the cave demons. What'd you think about the cave yeah. demons? And and the eel's chopped up body. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were pretty cool. They were just essentially these glowing kind of yellow eyes. I think it was intentional to kind of maybe obscure them even more when they're in the dark. Because mm-hmm. we get a good shot of it when like he runs up to the, like the, or when she's fighting him because she's got her torch out and the staff. But when they're in the dark, these glowing eyes help obscure them a little bit. So I thought it was pretty neat. Cool effect. She makes it out with the dark spore, ends up face to face with Scorzy. Or what's his name? Zorlock. Zorlock. Zor. Well, it, the problem is that when I'm looking him up, it's SC. And then I can never remember if I'm saying the right thing or not. Remember, it's just like Warlock, but with a Zor. Oh, that's going to make me remember and kind of hate it a little bit. Zorlock. Zorlock <laughs> comes face to face and they battle it out a little bit. Really, just kind of battle of wits. Tila and Dagon are not doing well. Tila's gotten shot a couple with a couple of arrows. Dagon's got shot with one and he's barely holding up against these enemy soldiers. 
and Tila offers herself up. I did not know what to expect from this. Merrick drains Tila's life force while, I guess, Tila is praying to her goddess, Anaset, and Mm -hmm. she's being filled with the power of her goddess while her life force is being drained. So Merrick gets astral goddess powers. She's overcharged. Super overcharged. Just obliterates all of the enemies. He, I guess, heals Dagon and is super drained. And then they, and then they leave. So it ends up with just the two of them on a horse trying to make it back to Thane. And I thought, oh, that was really cool. Kind of tropey, right? Like to have her suddenly gain a lot of power and then uh, it's gone. You know, just kind of almost Deus Ex Machina. Except they did have to sacrifice Tila for it, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) But she still has the glowy eyes at the end when they finally free Thane. She still has some of those powers. So it's it's very interesting. I'm I'm very interested to see where they go with that. If that's a permanent thing, maybe dimmed a little bit. If she took Tila's goddess powers, is there part of Tila still in there? Or, you know, what's what's going on? Right. So I liked it. I thought it was a unexpected, while still kind of a Deus Deus Ex Machina plot device. If it sticks around, I like it. Like, I approve or what have you. But what did you think of that whole whole bit? Are we sure that it's a Deus Ex Machina? Yeah. I mean, so... The fact that she was able to to defeat... Well, I guess she didn't... Hold on. ...keep him from taking the Dark Spore. Hold on. Go ahead. So, from the beginning, like, in, in the first movie, A Quest for Heroes... We determined that she's a necromancer, right? Someone who uses the life force of someone, or be it herself or another person, to do magic. Now, in right. traditional fantasy worlds, necromancers are almost always considered evil. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Well, necromancy isn't evil, but it's a great power. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. So... In theory, being able to bring people back from the dead shouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. However, people just pervert it for their own whim, like Zorlock. Who wants to become the Lich King with the Y, but in all of the everything I'm reading for the research, the Lich King is spelled with an I, so... That's yeah, just the another, subtitles. Yeah. yeah, another paladin thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, in the second movie, we find out that Zorlock is specifically hunting her because he hunts necromancers, right? Right. Well, he needs them to fulfill his evil, whatever, yeah. yeah, plan. So that being said, she essentially functions as like a weird magical battery. Is it that big of a stretch to think that she would be able to become as powerful as him without no. it being a Deus Ex Machina? I mean, I, the, no. I think the, the last movie is called The God Slayer. Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I think why I'm calling it a bit of a Deus Ex Machina is Tila is unable to use her her priestess powers the whole movie, and then suddenly she is, and it's what obliterates everyone around her. Well, it's because she's not worthy, right? But she right? yeah, it's because she felt she wasn't worthy. I think the the idea is that you are right. We could have spent a little more time on that, but suddenly Merrick is able to suck the priestess powers out of Tila and use them. So that, that's the bit that I thought was a deus ex machina. Suddenly mm. she's powerful enough to defeat this whole army. Not just stun them, get them away. I, I, you assume she's going to have some sort of, I guess, power increase. Uh, looking back, that makes sense. I guess just the way it happened and how it happened was a bit different. And for her to seemingly not lose control is is new as well. Because er, even earlier in the movie, when she sucks the life force out of, uh, out of Betty a little bit, she has the evil face for like a day or two and she barely can control it. 
So I don't know. It, it might not be a hundred percent of Deus Ex Machina where something it just comes out of nowhere. You know, the soldiers at the end of Shaun of the Dead or anything like that. But I feel like it's a bit of a a bit of a Deus Ex Machina. But I liked it. If that makes sense, I feel like it still progressed the story enough for for us to have more. That's fair. Yeah. So how did you feel about uh, Tila saying goodbye? Oh, about what her dying. About that. I yeah yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Thane being kidnapped and then Tila dying really ups the stakes going into the last two films. It really hones in that Zorlock is evil. Zorlock is an adversary. He's always kind of been in the background, but we finally meet him and then we lose a party member, right? I lose a team member right away. If she ends up being the Coulson of the of the series, I'm fine with it. I think that it makes a lot of sense. We didn't meet Zorlock in the second one? No, I don't think so. Did we? Who was that? He was like off somewhere. They fight like uh, one of his disciples, don't they? Or am I like... Kish, Kishkeman. Yeah, there you go. I thought it was somebody Kishy. else. Yeah, Kishi. Yeah. So. <laughs> I am kind of sad that Cole didn't make a, a reappearance. Well, Swole Cole is dead, Cole. Yeah. Wait, how so? do you think? Oh, you think he was just going to get rezzed? No, maybe. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. He served his purpose story-wise, but who knows? He could. I mean, this these movies, I mean, anything could happen, right? <laughs> anything can happen <laughs> do you have an idiot of the movie i do kind of have an idiot of the movie okay it's kind of a two-person race all right i think that thane definitely earns himself he was captured in a, a stockade for almost the entire hour and a half well the reason why he's one of my idiots of the movie we, we talked about this at the end of mythica quest for heroes he's a wanted man and they're like an hour away from where he was wanted Right, they're not doing a, a, a good enough job of yeah hiding. No, you're right. And they're in the same cave that the the elf ninja women found them before? Yeah. I don't know. If he's going to be the warrior, if he's the security, the muscle of the group, he's got to come up with a better plan. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to give you that. Let's blame the victim a little bit. I'm fine with it. <laughs> he earns a vote, but my idiot of the movie is definitely the eel. Mm. And for one... Very, very specific reason. You are in a cave full of what you called cave demons. And you have with you a necromancer, a wizard. And sure, she wants to take the dark spore and, and not let you create an unlimited supply of Elystrium. But what you should not do is disable her before you've left the cave full of cave demons. Well, karma bit him pretty quickly. Yeah. Because I don't know if you noticed, those cave demons weren't cooking him. They weren't eating them. They just cut them up into smaller parts and left those parts laying around. Well, I think they like tore his limbs off and ate them a little bit. Did they but, eat them a little bit? They uh, taste a little bit of eel. Is that what it is? I, th- I think so. But mm. I'm not going to rewind. I'm not going to go back in and fast forward to that bit to find. See, are there teeth marks? Let's zoom in. Not. But. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's why he's my idiot of the movie is because if you are going to betray a party member, at least do it in a scenario in which you are not in immediate danger for your life. Yeah, he was a little uh, single-minded. You know, but greed, right? (laughs) So for my idiots of the movie, I had two two people in the running. One's going to take it. So at first I thought it was Merrick. So Merrick is training with Hercules at the beginning. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. that's enough for today. I'm going to be here tomorrow before sunrise. I'll meet you then for more training. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is the Middle Ages, or or roughly, right? How do you Mm -hmm. guarantee that you wake up before sunrise? 
Like, I don't understand. Like, and maybe if, like, how did people go, oh, we'll meet you at sun- sunrise. I'm like, well, how do you wake up before sunrise when the only thing waking you up is the sun? Or someone, I guess, who s- stays up all night just to wake you up at a certain time. But then how do they know when to wake you up? There aren't clocks. I don't know what's going on. So I was asking that question. And I wrote that question down. Uh, but apparently Merrick had an answer for me because her answer was, you stay up all night drinking and dancing at the bar. <laughs> And then when it gets pretty late, you start walking back to where you need to be. And I'm like, wow, are you, you're just going to go without sleeping? She just, she trained all day, partied all night, and then had to fight zombies in the morning. Gojinpai may, may have not been injured if she had showed up, you know, fresh hide and bushy tail. ready to go. Yeah. yeah. She's like leaning on her staff, like, mm, like barely awake as she's getting there. I'm like, you idiot. That's However, fair. Tila may win it because Betty gets boromir He gets shot with like three or four arrows and goes down. So her and Dagon are fighting off these these soldiers. Dagon takes one to the gut, an arrow to the gut, but they're still fighting. And she stabs a soldier. She's winning, but then she stabs a soldier in the face and then lets go of her blade. She's defenseless. She put her dagger in somebody and then let it go. That's not how you stab people. <laughs> you pull it out so you can stab the next person. So And then they get captured. And then she gets shot with more arrows on their escape. And then she dies. So I don't know. Tila might win any of the movie. It's a toss yeah. up. I really don't know. I, I feel you what you're saying about Thane. That's really the whole group being a little too prideful is what got Thane caught. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not going to make a decision. I'm just saying that there are some people in the running. I think that the one person we haven't talked about being in the running is whoever decided to have about 15 minutes worth of walking scenes in a movie that's an hour and a half long. <laughs> I cannot believe we have talked for this long about this movie. And you have not brought up like that was the good thing about the dark sport was like so much less walking. This is great. This movie. No, so much walking. I watched this movie twice. The second time I watched it was it is about 15 minutes of walking because every time it came to walking, I'll just fast forward a little bit. Yeah, no, I just it really wasn't that big a deal because it wasn't as much as a quest for heroes. So you think so? Yeah, I, at least in my opinion, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. I just didn't feel like they were walking as much. Yeah, they um, and maybe it's quite because the the scenery changed. Yeah, maybe enough times for because they start out in like a a temperate area, then they end up in some weird desert location. Then there's snow at some point, a couple of times. Yeah, I think those were the mountains from Return of the King. <laughs> they weren't, but yeah, they look it, don't they? Yeah, they looked exactly like the ones where they're lighting the torches to sure, the sure. beacons or whatever. Yes. But yeah, no, so I didn't, it didn't really bother me as much. Oh, honest, okay. So. so the movie's at an hour and 33 minutes. The last one was an hour 47. The first one was an hour 32. So they're sticking around that same length. You brought up Return of the King and shooting on location. Aerostorm Entertainment, who funded all of these movies, more or less. So they had the Kickstarter, but then, you know, they, they're the production company. They're based out of Utah. And as far as I can tell, they film everything in Utah. Provo. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I watched this movie with the wife. Oh. And about halfway through... She was like, this one's really good. <laughs> oh, so she, she just, liked it, huh? Yeah, just out loud. I don't remember what I don't remember what scene we were in. I felt like we were about halfway, and then she just out loud, this one's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think it's pretty good. As far as, yeah. you know, we haven't seen a lot of fantasy on this podcast, because I think that there's inherently a, a higher production value needed for fantasy. Um, if you're going to have spells and whatnot, and you can't really, I mean, costuming is a big deal, you know, that type of thing. I think the minimum budget level for this type of fantasy versus some of the science fiction we've watched is a little higher. 
Um, so it's going to be a little bit more rare. I think the only other thing we've watched would be what a letter, a letter to the king, or a letter for the king. Uh, well, that's so a much higher production, it, you know, Netflix cursed. thing. Oh, cursed. Once, yeah, I, I could see that. Still the same thing, right? Though Netflix television show. What was the um, Age of Gladiators? Right, Kingdom of Gladiators. Yeah, did you forget about that one? I tried to. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> Regardless, at the no, I, I've lost my point. I can, I'm just angry all of a sudden. <laughs> no, no I, 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 yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, I definitely think this is worth the price of subscription. I think that the series is so far very fun. I'm eager to see the next couple of movies. We should not wait nearly as long as we waited for this third one. They are decidedly B. Yeah, but I think they're the cream of the crop so far out of all the all the b movies like true b movies and we're not talking about movies that just got happened to release straight to stream or straight to whatever out of all the ones that we've watched i think these are probably the best oh yeah out of the actual b movies the ones that aren't getting funded by netflix and really their theatrical release overseas or you know they're a george clooney movie that just happens to go straight to stream i think with unknown actors small production company in the middle of nowhere limited budget really it got kickstarted right i think this these ones are definitely uh rising to the top now i think part of that might also be that the actors are spending a little bit more time with the characters like they're we're getting to live in that universe a little bit longer Mm -hmm. um so it could be that it's just aging well right they're getting better at it and they're this is their third attempt at at the uh, at these characters in a story, and um, they just kind of understand what they're doing. So, which makes me, you know, eager to see four and five for sure. Yeah. Speaking of four and five, uh oh, the sci-fi wise guys usually ask a very important question: Who is Kelsey Grammer? And if you know why we ask that question, email me and tell me. <laughs> it's your fault. It is my fault. It's all, no, it's you. It's, fault, yeah. I'm pretty sure you started it, but you know we can argue about that offline. It's fine. <laughs> Are you about to suggest, or what I would like to suggest, and what I think you are about to suggest, is that we don't ask that question until we've seen four and five, and then we f- we find out which character was actually Kelsey Grammer all along. Well, I have a Kelsey Grammer. Uh-oh. And the reason why I do is because we did watch the first two before we started this bit. Mm. And it's it's obviously Gojin Pai. This bit is going to hopefully die yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's, uh, it's Gojin Pai. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's replace Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Definitely, I'm, in, I'm all in on Kelsey Grammer as Gojin Pai. Yeah, of course. They probably couldn't afford him, but... I mean, they afforded... Ke- yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> they, but they got Matthew Mercer and Kevin Sorbo. No, yeah, you're right. They couldn't afford Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> but gosh, wouldn't he be so much better? Mm. <laughs> Well, yeah. whenever you're ready to stop doing that bit, you just let me know. Oh, we'll, man. We'll do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, think this, I think this is good. I think this is good. That, that You've just heard the last of the <laughs> Kelsey Grammer bit. He is Hercules. End of bit. Speaking of bits, I don't have anything else. Me neither, man. Me neither. Okay. If you've seen these movies and you like them, or if you think of other movies that are better that you would like us to watch, please send us your suggestions. You can email us at scififiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at scififiwiseguys. So we're all over the place. Whatever your preferred one is, doesn't matter. We appreciate the uh, the suggestions, the comments, concerns, complaints, compliments, whatever they happen to be. And we definitely appreciate it if you could take the time. Head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Please leave a review. Five stars, five stars, a heart. 
rating, whatever it could be. Best podcast advertisement is word of mouth. So please share this with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Yes. Also, if you really, 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 really liked what you heard. Or maybe just you like can, really, really. Yeah. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys. Part with some of your hard-earned money. If you do decide to become a patron, you get access to episodes early. You also get access to special things like out-of-pod snippets. Anything that can't make it into the podcast, you can catch it out over there. Yeah. Just to repeat, I want to thank everybody for listening. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And remember that you are loved by the hosts and community of this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. That's an interesting gif. <laughs> I was surprised I was able to find one. Did you just type in Mythica or what? No, I I, I looked up Mel because I because Melanie Stone was born nineteen eighty eight. I just was looking. I was just I googled her and that was one of the things that came up. But there are Mythica gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>